You're listening to the Hard Money Podcast, hosted by the economic activist himself, founder of Rad Diversified, CEO of Tax Auction Investors, and the visionary behind the American Survivalist Project, Dutch Mendenhall. Well, good. So, well, welcome everybody to the Hard Money Podcast. I'm here with a good friend of mine, Lee, and um, I'm going to share a lot about Lee today. He's going to share a lot but we're going to get deep into some passionate subjects. But Lee was just sharing with me right before we jumped on that he's currently suing uh, the IRS for $2 million. Um, he is, you know, an active uh, counselor to the Supreme Court. And, and he is someone who is basically a missionary when it comes to protecting, safeguarding, growing uh, your money. Um, he's someone I've relied on for a long time for advice. Um, he's a friend. Um, he's been through some really interesting family journeys. Um, there's some things that some insights he has into COVID that I think are fascinating. Um, so let's just, you know, get started, Lee. But, uh, you know, tell me about this lawsuit to the IRS. Good, I'm just good, curious. Good to be with you, Dutch. Well, uh, I've sued the IRS in the U.S. Federal Court of Claims, which is between the U.S. Federal Tax Court and the United States Supreme Court. And we've got a, a client who came to us and he overpaid the IRS by $2 million a number of years ago. And short story is the IRS won't give him his money back. They claim he didn't meet a filing deadline, but I think we can prove that he did. So that's what we're doing. And it's always fun to play with the IRS. Yeah. I mean, I, I try not to play with the IRS because, because, they're all wonderful human beings, and I think they're amazing, and hopefully they see me say that on video. But, you know, I, I think it takes a very special person to understand that kind of system, right? And, and I think I live my life understanding or beating or breaking or getting through systems, you know, and I think you're someone who understands the money system extremely well. Where did that passion start, Lee? Uh, passion started years ago. I wasn't supposed to be an asset protection tax type lawyer. And uh, I never dreamed I'd work in the United States Supreme Court. I was supposed to be a patent attorney. I have a bachelor's in geology and a master's in chemistry and then a law degree. And the short story is, is I got out of law school and worked for the big time patent firm for about six weeks. And then all of a sudden, 10 years of education was gone. Uh, I got sick and I spent almost six months in intensive care at a university hospital and didn't work for three years. We had three little children. We'd been married nine years and we'd done everything right. But without the help of our parents, they stepped in and helped us. We would have been homeless. Mm -hmm. My family would have been living in a car and we didn't do anything wrong. When I say asset protection, you think, lawsuit, right? No, 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 no. It's a lot more than that. 56% of all bankruptcies in the United States are a result of somebody in the family getting sick. And the IRS is your major impediment to financial success. They're taking 25, 30% of everything you ever do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and people don't understand what taxes do to them. They have no clue. Uh, you, you have no clue what the IRS actually does to you. But, uh, you know, I, I, we lost everything and I said, this ain't going to happen again. So I started to study asset protection and, and uh, that ultimately branched off into estate planning and business structuring and, and taxes. And it all melts together after a little while. And the problem is, as you go see one attorney and he does the business structure and you see another attorney, he does the estate planning and you go see your accountant for your taxes. Nobody ever brings it all together into one, one ball for you so that you can understand it and, and everything works together. It all has to work together. And unfortunately you're dealing with these professionals that have their little, little specialties and, and they take one part of you and do this and one part of you do that. And, and you may be actually hurting the other part of you when you do that. If I get the best tax result, I may be limiting my asset protection or vice versa. And, and so it goes. So what I've tried to do is 
is uh, bring the whole thing together for people and teach them about it over the years, Dutch. Well, I, I can appreciate that. I know like when we built our first investment fund, right? I did some research and I got, you know, I would say kind of lucky and I found a decent attorney who was able to get it accomplished and done, right? And then we had to work with a CPA firm to do the accounting and finance and then they turned that into a mess. And then we went to another accounting firm to do the accounting and they turned that into a mess. And then um, finally we found, you know, decent accounting firm um, to do to do our accounting and we opened our second fund and then our third fund right and then we were we hit a wall legally right because you ha can only allow so many people to invest that are right. not accredited right and so yeah, you've got private placement rules you got all kinds of stuff that's a very specialized area in the law Dutch and, and you need a good attorney you can do that I couldn't do that so and and I so I went on this journey to find the next, you know, the next attorneys are different things. And I tell you, it was tough. It was tough to find, you know, to open our REIT and begin, you know, our, 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 what we call a reggae, our, you know, current investment vehicle for our, our investors and our students. Right. It, was, it was tough. And, and I just think of like, I'm good at this, right? I, I've talked to a lot of attorneys. I've known a lot of attorneys. I have attorneys that are friends. I'm sorry. You know, and, and at the same time, like, like, the first lawyers, you know, basically took 50 grand and, you know, got nothing accomplished for almost, you know, 14, 15 months. Um, the second set of attorneys, you know, uh, I was lucky in, in the sense that they were able to get us, you know, qualified with the SEC and, and get through the regulatory bodies and those kind of things. And then that poor guy um, was one of the people in my life who got COVID and got really sick. Um, and so we had to go and he, he basically had, he was a solo practitioner, right? And so we had to go and find another, you know, attorneys to do the, to do the, all the submissions and everything else during COVID. And so in the middle of COVID, we were left, you know, trying to find a new, a new, new law firm to handle, you know, the legal side of things. And so, yeah, it's, it's like when you, and I, I come with some experience. So as a, as a normal person trying to figure out asset protection or trying to figure that out, I, I it, it's difficult, man. It, it, even today, do I really still even though I have trusts and I have, you know, different things set up for me and my family or different health insurances or different, you know, insurances on the business or different, different things, you know, I, do I really know what the best part is? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. With asset protection, there isn't any really best part. Yeah. Uh, it all comes together and you mentioned insurance. Insurance is a huge asset protection tool. And you need to have insurance. I've always carried really heavy insurance. It's not that much more to carry a, a great policy than it is to just carry a normal policy. So get the great insurance. It, it saves your skinny more often than not. And then if the insurance, if, they, if, if somehow it gets through the insurance or the insurance doesn't cover it, then we can do it. I mean, I, I've, I've got a friend and his wife is one of the best uh, business structuring attorneys in the state. He has this great business that he spent his whole life putting together. And now his sons are operating in the business and they're paying him a little bit each year. And that's his retirement. They're buying him out. And he's a real estate investor. I mean, you know that one, Dutch. And the wife didn't put together the, the real estate and, and, and the business and he has a piece of property in the south end of town. And last Christmas, week before Christmas, he had a problem with this piece of property. A couple had come to him about six, eight months earlier, and they were basically homeless. And it was this kind of guard shack on the piece of property. And they said, can we rent the guard shack and live in it? And he says, yeah, okay. I mean, he was doing him a favor. I'm sure you've been bit when you've been trying to do somebody a favor before, he was trying to do him a favor. And in the meantime, that phone is on silent and I have no idea why it keeps ringing. I am sorry. You're fine. We, we, can, we can edit and cut my friend. That's the cool part. So, uh, we, you know, so I, I have no idea why it's doing that, but, uh, at, at any rate, he's got this, couple living in the guard shack and in the meantime 
the city comes along and they say, uh, you know, this, this guard shack, it's, it's not habitable. I think it didn't have That's two entrances. Two entrances, I think, was the problem. And so they said, get the people out. So the third-party management company, which had drawn up the lease and rented it to them, they sent them an eviction letter. And sure enough, people didn't get out. They kept living there. In fact, they kept paying rent. And the week before Christmas, they're doing meth and smoking in bed. And they burn the place down. They get out. But she goes back in for her purse. She doesn't make it back out. And the state has literally charged my friend. I mean, this is the nicest guy in the world. He was my high school class president. They've charged him with murder one. And they haven't had the trial yet. They've been kicking it down the road for a year because of COVID. And the lady's family, they're suing him. And the business structure is such that they can get that business. And they will get that business, which is going to wipe out his life's work. And it's going to wipe out the employment for his sons. And that's where we're at at the moment. I've met with the family and we've done some little things. But once something happens to you, once you're in trouble, you can't go back and rearrange things. The law is set up with fraudulent conveyances, fraudulent transfer laws, all of these laws which say that once the thing occurs, once you're in trouble, you can't go back and fix it. You can't go back and protect your assets. So story one is you got to interface the real estate investing with the business and think about how do I protect real estate from business and business from real estate. And just structuring the business isn't enough. Just structuring the real estate isn't enough. You've got to figure out how they merge together. Story number two is uh, you need to have it so that it, it, it works all the way along and you have to do it now. You can't do it when you're in trouble. And that's what people miss. So, yeah, it's, sad. it's a sad story. You know, like for me, <clears throat> my wealth is, you know, built on, you know, all about generational wealth, right? I don't, you know, I'm at this point in my life, I, I think fairly well, me and my wife are taken care of for life, right? So now it's everything's about what do you create for your sons? And so he's losing his legacy that he built he's, he's you know, losing, on top of on know. top of losing it for himself, his retirement and everything. He's losing this legacy that he wanted his sons to carry on. And, and it's a great company. It's a fun company. Uh, pretty big. But uh, now to be charged can, with with a with a murder crime that's just yeah and one of the observations of this is that he carried his wife actually said carry big insurance policies that's your asset protection yeah but the insurance policy isn't going to cover this one mm -hmm. so you know uh yeah you know i try to carry um a general liability that's across the board, right? No matter what, like yeah, no matter you, what happens. You do, but they've, they've spun this so it's now a criminal activity. Mm -hmm. And even though he had no intent of anything going wrong, um, but the insurance isn't going to cover a criminal activity. Yeah, he's going to have to. Um, so the insurance just got first out. Charge. He's going to have to win the first charge before he wins. Obviously, insurance companies are going to turn you down before, you know, oh, you have any chance at all. They're going to turn you down every time. And I, I don't know if he can ever get them to help him in this case. So it happens. Uh, and it happens through no action, no fault of your own. You can be trying to do somebody a favor. And still I think with, with, our, with our students, right, that are real estate people, their first question is always, well, should I, you know, create my first LLC? Should I create... You know, before they even own a property, right? Um, they, they're always asking me that question. Should they put every property in their own? Like, those are two of the most common questions. Should they put every property in its own separate LLC? You know, well, they're always asking know, me those two questions over and over and over. Let, let, me, let me do my best to answer them. The answer is, one, do you need an LLC? And the answer is yes. In this case, it wouldn't have protected the business. 
but if I have an LLC, it uh, should protect me from what happens out in the LLC. It's got the corporate shield, just like a corporation. Additionally, the LLC has a second type of asset protection called charging order protection. And it protects the assets of the company from what happens to the owner personally. And this is where you get sick. That's not a business problem. That's a personal problem. And the question is, do you lose your real estate? And the answer is most people, yes. If I've put it in an LLC and the LLC is properly structured, uh, then I can protect that piece of property from the bankruptcy and the illness in the family. So it becomes very important. Now, Depends and when on you which say, but when you say structured, I think that's really key, Lee, because a lot of people, you know, like if you just go on legal zoom or um, what's rocket lawyer, right. Yeah, and, well, and try and create an LLC. They don't understand operate. Like there's an operating agreement, right. That, that a lot of the internet LLCs don't even, right? won't even give you an operating agreement. It's an extra 500, a thousand bucks. If you want an operating agreement. The operating agreement is your guts, your rule book for your company. And I will just tell you, if you do not have an operating agreement, you do not have any asset protection, period. There was a lot of large ad agency down in LA and they called me up, oh, it's been 10 years. And they called me up and they say, Lee, we're in big trouble, please help us. What had happened is, is they had been operating this large ad agency, and we're talking like 100 employees. And they'd been operating it for years as a partnership. Two guys owned it. And they finally woke up and said, hey, uh, we need the asset protection. So they actually did legal doom, I mean, legal zoom, and they got an LLC. About a year later, they got sued and uh, they, they came in and, and the argument in court was, hey, man, uh, you don't have a real LLC. We can pierce the corporate veil and mm -hmm. come after you personally. It took about uh, 20 minutes worth of argument in court for them to say, yeah, uh, you can come and get us personally. And the judge just set aside the LLC. They had the paperwork from LegalZoom. What they hadn't done is understand how to operate the LLC. And I'll just tell you in this case, and, and it's different in each case, but in this case, what happened was is they had been operating as a partnership for decades. Mm -hmm. and everybody had been dealing with them as a partnership. When they put the LLC in place, they didn't go back and tell everybody they'd been dealing with for decades, hey man, we're not dealing as a partnership anymore. We are now dealing with you as an LLC. You're not dealing with me personally anymore. You're dealing with this company. They hadn't notified all of their clients that they'd changed. They hadn't changed their letterhead. They hadn't changed their business card. They hadn't changed their checks. They hadn't converted over to an LLC. So everybody that had been dealing with them had the expectation that they were dealing with a partnership. Like living with your girlfriend. I'm not quite sure I see that relationship. Like if you live with your girlfriend for seven years, right? The state would, um, they, they make it so basically, so you're married, right? So yeah, maybe well, it's different in every no, no, state. This, this is a little different. I think in Please. 10 years, I, I've never gotten Lee to laugh, ladies and gentlemen, just so we're clear, right? Like yeah, I well, lawyers don't, lawyers don't have any sense of humor that we're aware of, Dutch. Yeah. So... You know, we're as bad as accountants. By the way, you do know how to tell if a lawyer's lying, don't you? Nope. Here comes a lawyer joke. Oh, come on, Dutch. I mean, his lips are moving. He's Every talking. time you talk to one, he's lying. That was the easy part. Here's the hard part. 
Do you know what a good dead lawyer does? A good dead lawyer does. Stops talking. No, he lies still. Oh, he lies still. You'll get it in a minute. And I got anyway, it right away. I got it right oh, away. Okay, not, well, you're, you're quickly, not, nothing slipping by you, huh, Dutch? Come on now. Uh, any rate, so where were we? We were talking about the ad agency. I don't know. And, we're talking about and and how and how you have to treat and... just setting up the LLC and getting the paper filed is not enough to give you the asset protection. Mm -hmm. There are lots of things that you have to do. We call them formalities. And if you don't do them, you don't get the asset protection. It's that easy. So. Well, let's see, from here, I think, you know, when we look at current times, right, I feel like a lot of what you're talking about is our rights as people, right? Right as business owners, right as individuals and different things. And I feel like we're in a time politically where rights are being infringed on in a lot of different ways, right? They're being infringed on in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, we won't go into the First Amendment, your right to say things. We won't go into the Second Amendment, your right to bear arms. We won't go into any of this stuff. But I will say that there is a general attitude in the United States today that if you have money, if you have been successful, uh, as Obama said, you didn't build that. And as people today say, you owe it to us. Mm -hmm. I'm entitled. If you have a lot of money, something's wrong because you have cheated me and I'm entitled to get part of that money, part of that wealth from you. And that's the attitude we're dealing with today. So it becomes very important, one, that you protect your assets as much as you can. Two, part of that is we need to drop your, I'm going to say visibility, and you're not going to be anonymous, but if we have a number of LLCs, for example, that own different pieces of property, then it's not all aggregated into one place, and people don't automatically clock that as being this big pile of wealth. The other aspect of it is, is you need to control your taxes. I'll tell you that. You might remember the Wall Street occupiers what a decade or so ago they were pounding their uh, uh pounding on the on the pavement saying screaming we need to kill everybody that makes over 125 or 250,000 a year i don't know why this phone is doing this i'm going to give it to my secretary uh the problem is, is i've had a nephew commit suicide this morning and these are family members that are somehow getting through and, and I'm not sure how they're doing that. So I, I apologize, but, uh, but this is what you live with. People die and, and uh, they, it brings legal problems and, and everything else. But they were saying well, I'm, that- I'm real sorry need, to hear about your nephew, Lee. Yeah, it's not good. I know uh, you've dealt with some death in the family, you know, in the was, last year or he so. He was about 21 and had committed suicide. He had alcohol fetal syndrome when he w was born. And it's amazing. They can tell you which day of the pregnancy the mother was drunk on now by what the psychological effects of the mother being drunk during pregnancy was. And they adopted this kid and the mother had, uh, had been drunk when she was pregnant and it affected him all of his life. He, he had no clue what consequences were. He mm -hmm. didn't know, he didn't understand consequences at all. So, uh, you know, know, my older son is adopted and uh, I always feel, you know, really blessed with all the challenges his parents had, you know, that there's not more, he's not going through more challenges, you know. Well, and this, this, some of them we may still like experience as he gets older you know but this kid went through a lot of challenges throughout his life and his parents did everything they could for him i'm i was stunned at what they did to try and help him overcome these these physical mental challenges that he had that were no fault of his own and i guess that brings us back to a lot of things happen to us that are no fault of our own mm -hmm. 
This one we couldn't prevent, but a lot of the legal issues we can prevent. A lot of the tax issues we can prevent. They were screaming the Wall Street occupiers that anything that uh, anybody that makes over a quarter of a million dollars a year, we should kill. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you need to start moving your taxes down so that you're not above that level, adjusted gross income level of a quarter million dollars a year, because you're going to take a hit. And there are a lot of politicians today, they kind of use that quarter of a million dollar benchmark. And basically they say, if you make over a quarter million dollars a year, you don't deserve it. We need to take it away from you, mm -hmm. which, which is, goes against everything that our country was set up for. Well, it's interesting, though, because our, like it's systematic, right? If you understand the system, it's not completely set up for you not to be able to continue to build wealth, right? Because the people who made the laws had wealth, right? And they, yeah. even the people making laws now have wealth, but the average person doesn't understand, right? They don't, like 90% of the world doesn't understand any of the systems, right? as far as, you know, handling taxes or asset protection or adjusting your income, you know, and those kind of things. And so it, it's, it's, it's interesting because it, the American dream is to build wealth, right? Like that's, that's the, the, the immigrate into America, have freedom. That's, a, that's the home. American dream. And it, it, it has, know. it has been wonderful for people over the last, 250 years. It's been incredible. What? You know, and the scary part though, is when you take away that dream, governments are not stable. How, there's not been that many governments in the history of the world that lasted 250 years. Like, you no. know, like study. No, we haven't. Uh, there's, there's I'm going to take this out and have my secretary answer it. Hey, Candy, you're going to answer this, will you? Candy, you're going to answer this. That's pretty mind blowing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I would. I think what I was saying was just like, like I've never been a um, like a conspiracy theorist. Like that was never my. No, my I'm not a conspiracy theorist either. But then I started looking at realities as I've as I've gotten older. There's a lot of realities. It's not well, conspiracy that governments that take people's rights and take people's money away fail. It's not a conspiracy that there's not been many many governments in the history of the world that have lasted over 200 years. No, and uh, you know it's not a conspiracy that Facebook and Twitter and everybody else is silencing certain views. We have supposedly free speech in this country, and nobody should be policing my speech, and yet that's exactly what's happening now, and and. We shouldn't really get into the political stuff. Uh, I don't want to go there because I'm certainly not an expert on it, but I'm upset that, that this sort of stuff is happening, whether it's uh, right-wing speech or left-wing left -wing speech or whatever it is. Uh, we should have the right to have free speech here, for example. I mean, it's, we it's, have, it's so have difficult, the, though, right? There's certain subjects I won't even touch. Because, you know, my concern is that, you know, someone in the government will, you know, whisper to the SEC and say, hey, you know, let's not qualify this company because you're, you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And, and uh, I'm writing a newsletter today, as a matter of fact. And basically the premise is, is you need to protect yourself from the IRS. The IRS has been weaponized against groups and individuals. There's, there's no question about that. It shouldn't be that way, but let me just caveat uh, real quick. Like, you know, the people at the SEC have been, you know, fantastic, you know, for oh. us. And I, so I'm not saying that like they've literally, they, when, when we call with a challenge, they pick up the phone, they respond. And I will tell you, they, they, they do stick a, a, a thumb up our butts to make sure that everything we're doing is, you know, hundred percent clean and, and audited and, like, like they make sure they're like, they're out there. Like I can tell they really are out there to in their job role, right. To protect the consumer. I don't know that I agree with the fact that 
a non-accredited investor is limited on the amount of money that they can invest into a, a profitable company. Like, like somebody can only invest uh, yeah, but, 10% but, of their annual income with, with in a, in a, in a public fund like ours, but I, I don't agree the, with that, but they, but their job is to do that. And so they do an excellent job of that. Right. So, yeah. And most of the IRS people are great people and, and, and everything else. I've got a number of former IRS agents that work in my office and you know, I, I love them. They're great, but the government can get off on us. And, and, uh, and so it becomes even more important that you can control your, your taxes and you can know how to work these entities for the asset protection and to lower your taxes. And, and part of it is just to keep a lower profile today, frankly. I mean, I'm uh, left in a, in a quirky position. Like, do I leave California? Do I stay in California? You know, I, you know, my political views don't align with. Well, with I'm in, I'm in Utah left, and you know, I'm just going to tell you that uh, I don't appreciate the California. I don't mind the Californians moving into Utah. They've, they're increasing the prices of our real estate. They're doubling because everybody from California is coming to Utah. But just leave your California values in California. That's all I ask. And, and yet they're up here trying to change our way of government. There was a big discussion on the radio I was listening to yesterday. They want to go to the proposition form of government instead of the legislative form of government. And that's exactly what's gotten California into its problems. So, because in know, a proposition form, you can really politicize something, or you can really politicize and, and money one very one sided and, and, and everything else. So, because with I most just, propositions, there's very little educated debate, you know. I've yeah, no, it's all emotional, emotional advertisement money wins, mm -hmm. and that isn't necessarily true with the legislature, particularly where we have what's called a caucus system and we're way off base of what your people really want to talk about, I think. But the, the point is, is that we're changing and, and in order to try and keep the values and the opportunities and, and stuff that you've been used to, it's going to require that you even become more masterful at using what I call the legal tools, the LLCs, the trusts, the, the tax planning, all of that sort of stuff, you're going to have to become even more masterful at that in order to preserve for yourself the ability to function in, in our new societies. So, so in, you know, my question is even just flat out just the state taxes, right? Just that, just that alone is so significant for, for me, you know, that, that, you know, it's worth changing my state citizenship, but then you know, politically, do you, you know, want to stay and try and change things from within? I think there's going to be a changing of the garden in California in some ways um, in the coming, in the next coming elections that will really surprise people. Um, because, you know, people forget that, you know, Ronald Reagan and Arnold Schwarzenegger, both pretty large Republicans, are both California governors, right? Right. And, and so there is a time when, you know, California was much more of a uh, a red state than what, what people people truly realize. Right. Um, and so it's interesting, you know, cause there's a lot of wealth here. Um, there's a tremendous amount of wealth here and, yeah. and it's one and of the biggest economies in the world. It was never built. Wealth was never built by socialism. Right. Um, and so, you know, I'm more middle of the road cause I have both, you know, blue, 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 some blue ideals and, 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 and many red ideals. Right. And so, you know, for me, it's the, the far extremism of either one obviously is, is offsetting to me, you know? Right. And, and so they're, you know, like, you know, marching on our capital to me is, is, you know, very, very challenging. You know, I, I, you know, probably offend some people, but if somebody's marching on the Capitol and breaking down doors, if the Capitol police shoot them, I, I, you know, I, you know, you're breaking into the, the government, you know, um, it's not what I want. I don't think I want Americans killing Americans. Right. I don't want people trying to march for their rights and different things, but I believe in, you know, peaceful protests and, and, and different things, but you know, we have a right, you know, but you start taking away our rights and, and people, people rebel, you know, and it's, 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 it's interesting times. That's why we built the, you know, I know I probably haven't talked to you much about our survivalist 
side of our project. I know that it exists, but that's all I know. I mean, we built it. My wife came to me and she said, she said, hey, she said, she said, sweetheart, I'm, I'm scared. And I'm like, what do you mean you're scared? She's like, I feel like we need a plan B, right? And this was, you know, maybe May or June of last year, um, you know, and, you know, 2020 when, when COVID was really, you know, starting to, just everything was starting to come about, you know, like you, there's just a whole lot of unknown. And she said, I, we really need a plan B. And I said, well, what do you mean? And we started talking about it and, you know, um, you know, between, between the safe with the firearms and the backup food and different things that I had already been doing, you know what I mean? Storing water and generators and different things that I just started doing without really thinking about it a whole lot. You know, I said, well, if she's that concerned, I've never seen her afraid a day in her life. I mean, you know, Vanessa, so, you know, I'm just never, she's just fearless woman. And I was like, well, then other, a lot of other people across the country, we got to be feeling that way too. And so we bought a farm and made it, you know, as an escape, you know, as a plan B for people if, if, if stuff hits the fan, you know, and, and so it's got, you know, two miles of riverfront and it's got sustainable food resources and shelter and, um, and different things. And so, you know, it gave us a plan B, a great farm. And then it, you know, we started offering it out to kind of our inner circle, our, our community of private friends and relationships and our higher level investors, right. Who've invested with us over the years and stuff. And man, it just kind of caught, caught on wildfire. And, um, you know, it's, it's probably, you know, we, we, we achieved in 2020, um, we achieved record returns, right? The highest returns we've ever achieved as a company, but in a large part, just because, you know, we kind of have an insurance against the chaos in the world with, with our survivalist project, right? We do our, our real estate investing every day, which we're very good at, but the survivalist project was kind of the, the insurance as stuff got worse. It just, you know, continue to, to become more and more popular. And so what we initially bought was 454 acres and now we've had to buy 2000 acres. Um, and now we're looking at 800 acres in, in New Mexico. Um, and, and, you know, I've kind of built a plan to buy 20 properties across the United, United States with an average of about 500 acres each and, and, uh, you know, have a place where, where people can go to um, a community. Um, if, if, if things really get worse, like they could potentially get, we're like, it's so hard to imagine, right? Like AI is something that I never even, you know, was, you know, you see the Terminator, the old owner of Schwarzenegger Terminator movies, but, right. but AI is, you know, and all, all experts say is going to surpass this human intelligence as, you know, the superior intelligence on, on earth, like now, you know, not 20 years from now or five years from now, but now, and then you look at, you know, I started studying like Russia and China can build a 20 or 30 year plan to unease the United States. You know what I mean? And we, we live on a four year plan, you know? And, and, and so I just started looking at different things and I just said, man, I, I actually really do believe this for my family. I really do believe that this is something I need to have available um, to my family. And, and, you know, and then I, you know, whenever I look at my family, I look at my greater family, right? It's like in the investment funds, I'm the, the largest investor in our investment funds. Um, but so then when I look at my investors and their money, I say, that's, that's my extended tribe, you know? And, and so then I said the same thing about survivalists. I was like, if I need this and I continue to need this, you know, and I want it available to me if I'm, you know, was visiting someone in Florida or I wanted it available to me if I was visiting someone in Utah, right? Um, I, I think, you know, other people want the same thing and it's, it's, you know, kind of prove, proven itself. So I don't know. How do you, how do you look at the whole potential chaos in the world? Well, I don't know. I, I'm maybe optimistic and think it's going to work itself out. I can look back at periods of our history when things were in chaos, basically, and they've worked themselves out somehow. Uh, so hopefully it works itself out. Uh, I think that there are a lot of really good people in the United States. And I think as long as there's still a lot of really good people in the United States, the United States will be blessed generally to be a yeah, home I, for freedom. I agree too. I agree too. Um, I also would like to believe that, that you know, nobody's, nobody's going to sue my business anytime soon. And and inevitably, 
I'd rather be prepared, right? Than the non-prepared is one way I look at it. Um, uh, you need to be prepared for that in a legal stance, as well as be prepared with the extra food and the water and all of that sort of stuff as well. I also so, say like the first time I put away an emergency finances, right? The first time I watched that, you know, my first, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey financial piece, you know, 20 years ago and, and I put away money for a financial emergency. It seemed like I had far fewer financial emergencies throughout my life after I did that. And so I kind of look at, you know, asset protection as like, when I do it, it seems like, you know, we're less exposed. It's same thing with the survivalist stuff, right? When I do it, it's, it feels like it just kind of changes the peace, right? That I have. Um, and I know people find peace through, through different ways and, and, and faith. And, but it helps me, you know, a lot of ways as I, as I prepare for these, as these different, different parts of it. I know, you know, the day we became a REIT, you know, became, we were qualified with the SEC, you know, we received three lawsuits that day. Um, and all three were just frivolous. One was about, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, call calls, you know, uh, unsolicited phone calls. Right. And another one was a slip and fall on a sidewalk, you know, and, uh, you know, all three, you know, we were able to, you know, get, get dismissed or take taken care of, you know, really easily. And, but that was the day we've, and I, I, that's just, like you said, your exposure, right out there in the world, like your presence, like how many people can see what you're doing and stuff. And I, I, I often wonder is like, does somebody just sit there and watch the funds becoming qualified and literally just file lawsuits every time a fund becomes qualified, right? I don't know. It could well be. Uh, it's not stupid to break up. I'm going to say wealth. Uh, Gates is going around with different companies buying up all the farmland in the United States right now. And Disney, when he bought his land for Disney World and Epcot and everybody down in Florida, he used, I think, like 60 different companies to buy the pieces of property in those names. And people didn't know what he was doing. And it's not stupid to make it so that it's not obvious to people what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy about, you know, the value increase of our farm during, during the last year. Um, so, you know, I will thank Bill Gates and others for, for that. Um, the interesting part is, is, you know, with what we're doing with our project is, is that it's, it's just kind of creating its own life. Uh, if that, like the people... Yeah. Like there's people begging to run and operate it and, and bringing in resources and inventions and, you know, just so many different resources that, I mean, I'm a survivalist novice. I mean, an absolute, absolute novice, but it's attracted these experts that are, you know, geniuses in their fields, you know, and it's, it's fascinating because I didn't go searching for them either. Right. They found us, which is, which is pretty Pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. You know, when I'm trying to remember the first time, like, where did we meet the very first time? Is it, I'm just trying to remember, was it in like Tampa with one of the Dave and Dustin? It was in Tampa. One of the the Dave and Dustin masterminds, or uh, you were speaking at one of the old uh, events that Dave and Dustin originally put on. I can't remember what they were called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was undoubtedly down around Tampa and somehow Dave and Dustin were involved. So what do you think? Like 2000, probably 2000, 2007, 14 years, maybe 15, maybe 15, 2005. Yeah, at least that. Yeah. Oh, it's a long time. As long as, long as I've known my wife. Oh, you've only been married 15 years. No, we've only been married 11, 11, but, but I knew okay. her a couple of years before that, a couple of years before that. Well, I look back at what happened 20 years ago or 10 years ago. And, you know, I'm, uh, I lost my wife a year and a half ago to a horrible disease called ALS. And I'm wondering, well, do I get remarried? What do I do? I could be here another, an active another 20, 25 years at least. And, Oh, well, that's not too long. I can handle that. But if I look back at what happened 10 or 
20 years ago, whoa, that was a long time ago. And a lot of water has gone under the bridge since then. So, you know, do I really want to be alone for the next 20 years? I don't know. So that's where I am. That's a, that's a, dis, that's a thought process, right? That I think many men and women, you know, go through as they hit that, that second or third phase of life. You know, it's, it's. Yeah. You lose your spouse and a lot of people do lose their spouse in the, in the fifties or sixties of their life. And, and some go on and remarry and some don't. Yeah. You know, my father-in-law's, you know, been remarried and I'll tell you, you know, I, they, what did they probably remarry? And there, he would, he's 70. So he probably remarried at 63. Right. Okay. And, and so they've been, they've been very, very happy. And uh, well, that's great. And, but man, when I, when I met him, you know, he is going through a divorce and I was like, man, I don't know if this guy's ever going to get married again. And, and then, and then, and then he did, you know, and he's, he's happy, you know, and well, that's great. That's you know, great. It, it, you'll go, it does work. Like they go, people go through the, like these selfish phases, right. Where you're like, I really enjoy my own time. I really enjoy not answering to someone. I really enjoy, you know, this, this, and this. And then they go through those lonely phases, right. Where, where if there's not someone to share your life with, then kind of, you know, what's, what's the point. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and then people find peace and balance through, through, through different ways. So, you know, and having well, kids I was, changed, changed I was motivation too. So. I was married to Christy for 47 years and it was pretty much perfect. And I, I can't think of, of it without her. And yet, can I replace her? No. Uh, can I be happy with somebody else? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's where I am. My, my disappointment was, as Christy said, there'd be girls lined up out to the street and down the block and, uh, maybe it's COVID. I don't know, but there hasn't been anybody lined up. I think I'm going to put a neon sign out front and, and, and say single or something. <laughs> well, you know, we'll make sure that this podcast gets a lot of views, Lee. Okay. Right, there we'll, you put go. In, we'll put in a special link in the description, right? <laughs> and it'll be an, it'd be a, a information, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. I'm okay, Dutch. And then, and then we'll send you an application, both men and women, we'll send you all applications for... I, 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 I don't know about... Smile on that one. Know, I didn't even get him to smile on that one. I, I've always been... Uh, well, you, you, you speak on the circuit and stuff, and all of the guys, they were always propositioned for years. Everybody's been propositioned in the in the uh in the industry and i mean i've been speaking 40 plus years and i've never been propositioned except once christy and i were down in key west and she went trucking into this t-shirt shop well ahead of me and finally i get into the t-shirt shop behind her and the clerk comes up hi how are you how you doing where are you staying how long are you going to be here and i'm going yes yes I'm finally getting propositioned. The only problem was the guy wasn't my type. And uh, so at any rate, Dutch. You might have a better sense of humor than me, Lee. That, you know, it's a good one. I, uh, I think when you're married and you're happily married and your intentions are laid down right, right? And, and, and you're, if you're out there, you know, in the world – and you're traveling or you're speaking or you're going different things, right? I think you'll see less of the propositions than what are actually happening because you are. Well, I've always your foundation about, is right. I've always talked about my family and my wife and stuff and my speeches and things. And I think the, the attitude just came across. I'm not interested. So I never had any problem. Well, maybe when you go out on the road now, you'll be propositioned a whole bunch of times. That's cool. No, I still talk about my wife. I don't bother saying that she's dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, there'll be a time when you'll be ready. There'll be a time yeah. when you'll be ready. Yeah, sometime. 
but we're definitely putting that link just so you know it's going to be crystal clear it's going to right happen. there you go we're going to put your head on top of an arnold schwarzenegger body and and that you know, might help pictures help help tremendously that, that could that could help yeah let's do that and see what it looks like i'd be interested in that one there we go um you know lee i think we're going to wrap up uh, what I do want, though, is is I always want our um, – I know there's so much quality stuff that you give people, you know, and that you provide as as, as education, training, and, and enlightenment in some ways. Um, I do want to um, – for you to be able to share, you know, a link um, with people, and we're gonna, we'll cut it into a mini link. So why don't you do a quick, you know, 30-second, 60-second, you know, just, you know, what you would want give, to give to people and so they can come – I think the, the best – the best thing I can give to people is just information. And uh, you may not know it, Dutch, but I have a YouTube channel out that's actually very popular. And people can go to it and learn a lot about asset protection and taxes and stuff. I've got, I think, like 250, 300 uh, little five-minute videos out there explaining things. And the YouTube channel will help people. If, if they want to go to the YouTube channel, it's uh, legalese, L-E-G-A-L-E-E-S.com. We don't sell anything on it or anything, but people find it really, really helpful for them. And, and if your people want to use that, I mean, anybody can use it, obviously, but they should know about it. Well, good. So I definitely, I, you know, I've known Lee for, for over a decade. Um, we've done a lot of business together. Um, his integrity is at the, at the highest level of, of, of doing business. And so, you know, anybody well, who's watching you. this or anybody from my tribe, you know, when he says he's going to give on legalese and, and, you know, some of the things he shared today were gold, you know, when it comes to, to your assets and your wealth and, and money. But uh, I just thank you for your time, Lee. Um, I no, it's your great to be with you, Dutch. Uh, anytime I can help you and Vanessa and, and your tribe, uh, be happy to do that. All right, brother. Well, we did it. We made it. We made it over an hour, and uh, phones ringing and 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 everything else. We, you know, it's great. Uh, I apologize for that. Oh, you don't need to. Not even for a second. You're great. Um, I just such gratitude you being here today. Thank you for listening to the Hard Money Podcast with Dutch Mendenhall. Don't forget to visit our website, economicactivist.com. That's www.economicactivist.com. Dot com.